Hey there, sports fans! Today's episode of the Gary V Audio Experience is from December 23rd, 2022, after a devastating Jets loss against the Jaguars. If you followed Gary for a while, you know how wild he gets when it comes to sports, and especially when it involves the New York Jets. In this podcast, they take a deep dive into Jets knowledge, and you can really tell Gary is a true, true diehard Jets fan. I personally don't really follow sports myself, but found this episode pretty entertaining and hilarious when Gary goes on a rant about how he feels about the Giants and Bills fans. It's going to be very interesting when he does buy the Jets, but he also talks about what he'd do if somebody else buys the Jets before him. So stay tuned and enjoy. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Another fellow passionate Jets fan to talk to here on Gangs All Here. Jake Brown here checking in. After Thursday's loss, we chat with the CEO of Vayner Sports, Vayner Media, V Friends, Wine Techs. You know him as our diehard Jet fan, maybe Jet owner one day, although I don't know if I'd want to own this <laughs> franchise right now. Might have to give it some time. Let's welcome Gary V to the program. Gary, how you feeling today? How you feeling this morning after a loss that uh, a lot of us say sum up, wrap up the Jets playoff hopes? First of all, thanks for having me on. Happy holidays, everyone. Um, a l- weird, you know, like a mix of like, I kind of always have this very weird feeling when the season's over. I know it's not mathematically over, but I think everyone knows we're not making the playoffs. So, you know, a little bit level of like deep disappointment um, and I guess some weird version of relief, you know. I definitely go into the Seattle game with a very different energy than I've gone into every game this season. An energy that I think a lot of us have been accustomed to over the last seven years at least, which is just indifference or hoping for playoff position. I mean, I, it didn't really didn't feel like this was going to be the season where I'd be going into games okay with losing because I wanted a better draft position, but that's the mindset I go into the Seattle game. Yes, it was rough. You know, um, I was saying right before we started recording, I go to every, every game except I tend to miss the last home game of the season because my kids are off and we go down to Florida for vacation and, um, this was no different. And, you know, it's just very tough. It's tough. I, uh, I don't recall. I mean, it's been years. I don't even think in 2015 I did it. It's probably been a good decade since I went crazy on Twitter about a Jets game. So I got a little frustration out late last night. I went to sleep at like three in the morning. This we're recording this at eight 30. So not a lot of sleep, a lot of disappointment. Um, it's tough. Yeah, Gary, I mean, I can I can barely sleep either. It's so hard to after what we watch, not just at the quarterback, which we'll get to because that's the topic of the day, but the coaching staff. I felt halftime was the perfect chance, Gary, to make a quarterback change, inspire this offense, do something. You saw Strebler eventually come in after two, three and outs by Zach Wilson in the third quarter, but it was too little too late at that point, and they still didn't score anyway. But I just think that decision, the time management last week in the last two minutes, this is complimentary football across the board, and it's not, not just the defense, which was an elite the last few weeks. It's not just the offense, the offensive line, the run game, but it comes down to coaching as well, and the Jets have been completely outcoached on top of everything else that's gone wrong. Yeah, I mean, I thought, um, you know, I think sometimes the other, you know, that cliche statement, the other people get paid. Um, I get the halftime adjustment. You know, listen, it's Strebler, like, I love him. He's scrappy. Like you love everyone who wears a Jets helmet. 
I mean, I hate Tom Brady more than anybody on earth when it comes to football. If he's a Jet, I love him. So you love Strev, but like, let's not get it twisted. Like, I understand the emotions of last night, but I mean, did you see how wide open CJ was? That touchdown matters. Like, we didn't convert. Like, Corey Davis had a drop that I'm sure he'd want back. I I do really think that Doug mapped a very smart game against the Jets defense. A lot of those kind of like short, you know, the tight end is always going to be a challenge in general if you can get him involved. And the run defense hasn't been, you know, it feels like the run defense gives up a couple more yards than we're accustomed to, especially during the Harrison years and things of that nature. So, you know, I think, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I can understand why people can be frustrated um, across the board. And I, I really think that they just had a very good offensive game plan. And by the way, the defense, once again, played a little bit of a bend, don't break. They obviously gave up that very difficult drive, which pretty much kind of put the game into the rotation it needed to. But I understand. I, I also I also think we got to watch a full quarter struggler and like, you know, listen, that offense with the run option and you saw the Wildcats stun the Patriots out of nowhere 15 years ago with the Dolphins. Like it might have worked. They like I'm not sitting here saying that the Jets couldn't have won the entire game with 15 starting running options and doing dump offs, but you know, I don't think changing the quarterback at halftime would have changed the game. I really genuinely don't. Yeah, well, I mean, when you activate Strevler, I mean, he didn't know when he's eating breakfast that he was on the team that that day. Like, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, which is which is, by the way, a good call by the coaching staff in reverse, knowing that hey, number two is just not there yet, and he may never be. And like, I get it, and you know, so. And the number two quarterback didn't seem like you want to play Joe Flacco. <laughs> Has, yeah, I mean, I think you know, more miserable in the sidelines, Gary, than Joe Flacco. My God. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the good news is Joe Flacco looked miserable when he won a Super Bowl. So, like that, just I think it, I think he just has Joe Flacco face. Yeah, there's the Eli Fla- face and the Joe yeah. Flacco face. Yeah. Where are you, with Zach? Is did have we? I think we've seen the end of Zach as in in a Jets uniform. Was that the icing on the cake right there? I have weird preference that it's not, you know, and I don't think I'm totally affected by the. I whether I am consciously or subconsciously, I think. I think coach's comment about instant coffee is still right, regardless of how challenging the outing was last night. Geno Smith is a pro bowler. You know, I think a lot of people recognize that Sam Darnold running this offense during this season probably has us in the playoffs, right? So I get it. I, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to be excited about, what's transpired here in the first two seasons. I mean, what are you going to get for him, brother? Like, let's just, like, I love when people talk without solutions. What, like, explain to me the draft pick you're getting. Uh, you know, are you getting a fourth round pick? Is that, is, are, no. you, you I know, mean, like, you're going to have to eat the money, Gary. I mean, I know this is Steve Cohen and it's not easy to just eat money like he's been doing. Well, Steve Cohen but, can eat money because there's no cap. Yeah. Like, rest assured, the NFL has nothing to do with baseball. Like, I understand like people get excited and talk hyperbole. There's no cap. You pay a tax. When I owned the Jets and there was no cap, I'd spend every dollar on earth to win a Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? You know, so I think um, 
the money eating isn't super scary to me because it's not the worst contract to eat as a first year deal, even though it's the second pick in the draft. So there's dollars there. It's just real life. Would you rather, like, I just ask logical Jet fans, would you rather get a fifth round pick, right? With an option of it going to a fourth if he plays well? Or would you rather give him an entire another off season? Whatever you do at the quarterback position, let him compete in training camp. Like, I don't know. I'd rather have him as a backup as a third year player who was drafted number two in the NFL draft. I, th- I think there's nothing left. I see what you're saying, and they probably could get nothing for him. Listen, they'll probably get a fifth, sixth round pick for him. But like, by the it, way, it's- by the way, on this Friday after last night's game in the last two years and everything that's transpired, I'm sure many people are screaming right now or tweeting or replying like, I'd cut him. I don't care. Or I'd take a seventh. I understand that logic. You're just asking me a question. I'm telling you that I'd rather not like trade him. Um, I understand, but you know, I don't know. Like I, I'm a buyer that it takes time to develop. I understand why quarterbacks get thrown in now because of the salary cap, because of free agency. You used to be able to like Steve Young was a Buccaneer brother. He's in the Hall of Fame. Like you know, like Kurt Warner couldn't figure it out. He did. Like stuff happens. Jim Plunkett sucked. Terry Bradshaw sucked. Unfortunately, it's not 1977. I get it. But like, would I be stunned beside myself, shocked if this kid figured it out in year four and five of his career? No, I wouldn't. And for me, that's not worth a six round pick. Yeah, no, I completely see where you're coming from. I think he needs to go to a smaller market team. Maybe the Colts go after him. I I get it. I the pressure Listen, of New York seems to have gotten to yeah, him. It seems to be a mental thing at this point. I, I really, I really don't think it's the pressure. I genuinely, I, I really, no bullshit. I don't think it's the pressure. I just think he hasn't calibrated the speed of the game or reading or you know whatever it is at this point. Like it's, 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 it may be New York, and you know, change of scenery has helped a lot of players, and I get it. I just don't think, like again. I'm in my logical head now. I just don't think if the fucking Colts called me and said, here's a six round pick with a conditional fifth for Zach, if I was the GM, would I, I, if I was Joe Douglas, I just wouldn't consider that. I just think another year to see if it could be figured out. I don't think he's the, like, I don't think you hand him the keys to the starting job next year. Like you would expect the third year of a second pick in the draft. But yeah, I just, I wouldn't. Mike White, Jimmy Garoppolo, thoughts as the as the potential answers for next year? I don't know what the mark, you know, again, this is what like, you know, hot takes on social media or like people on TV that get paid to get viewership so they go completely extreme. You know, I'm going on this show overly logical today because I'm just, I'm done with my emotions for the last 12 hours. So I'm on the other side now. I'm in that weird calm place as maybe you can tell by my demeanor. What do I think? I think I want to know what the contracts are because we have a salary cap. Quinn and Williams needs to get paid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, saw so, you know, Quinn and Williams needs to get paid. You know, I don't think Corey's back next year with that number, so there'll be some money freed up. CJ's played well, so I know they did some stuff with his contract, but you know, they've got to address some stuff and some contract opportunities, and they're gonna make a run. They think they're close. So what do I think? I think I have no clue what Mike White's market looks like, but if if all dollars were equal, I'd probably go with Mike. You know, he's got a lot of context with the team, right? The the 
players like him. There's no confusion there. He understands the system. He's been here. Um, I think people forget he's a fifth round pick, even though I think Jet fans know, but like the world doesn't know. Like non-Jet fans don't know he's a fifth round pick, which is more than more than solid pick for a guy who can play in the league. Dak was a fourth, right? I don't have to talk about Brady and there's been plenty of others. And so, you know, I think if all dollars were equal, I'd go with Mike. Someone asked on Twitter, it's a curious question. If you were the owner, what's the first move you make tomorrow or after the season ends? Not just on the field, if the relocation, do you move the team to New York? <laughs> if you're owner, what's the first move you make on or off the field? The uh, I think a lot about what, like I want my thumbprint to be when it happens. And I, you know, I'm a Jersey boy, you know, but when I first came to America from the Soviet Union, I lived in Queens for a couple of years and I do think identity matters. And so I've thought a lot about it actually. You know, I think if you're talking about, you know, luckily the Johnsons are quite healthy and, you know, hopefully they have many more years of ownership. You know, I don't think anything transacts until, you know, many years down the line, but, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be contextual to the moment. If it was this year, I would sign Joe Douglas and Sala to an extremely long deal. I would tell the fan base that I don't believe in turnover when you've got quality people. I don't think any logical person who follows this team doesn't realize that this is the best duo we've had in a very long time. Um, I love the way they think about the human, not just the player. I think it's the reason we've been better. We've gotten better. Um, and so the first thing I would do is sign both of them to an extremely long contract, maybe a 10-year deal for both of them, just to let everybody know that we're going to build patiently. Because I think these GMs and coaches around the league fear their tenure and are forced to do short-term behavior, which I think really hurts the chances to build something significant. And so that would be my first move. Is your second move moving the Jets to Queens? Where are we going? Are we going to the West Side Stadium uh, package again? What? Where do you want us to move here? I'm. I, I'd be. You know, to be to shoot it incredibly candorous and truthful. I'm agnostic. I would just want to have our place. I can't stand the Giants. I hate them so much, my brother. I I hate Giant fans. I hate the Giants. I hate the Giants. That's it. All right. So you so you don't mind keeping in Jersey. You would just like a new state. I agree. I mean, I'd play, I play, I play, I play in Newark. I play in Nassau Coliseum. I'd play in, wow. I'd play any, I'd play in Westchester. I'd play in, if I play in Yonkers just to not play with the, I'd play in Rutgers Stadium just not to share with the Giants. I hate them. Wow. All right. I mean, Listen, I think they need their own. I mean, this is t- the year 2022 in New York, New Jersey. Like the fact that both these there's a hundred, there's a like, hundred stadiums. It blows can... my mind. Yeah. I, I don't know about Newark. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to commute to Newark, but I would love them here. in Queens. I live in Astoria, so I would love them right here in Queens. <laughs> I get it right next door. I'll get there in 15 minutes. Don't have to worry about the uh, trains home, the, the bridge I get home. It. I get uh, it. It would be ideal. You get New York team, New it. York actually playing in New York. Would I'd love- probably, by the way, I'd probably move them to New York, by the way, I just realized just so I could shut up all these Buffalo Bill fans, who, by the way, Buffalo Bill fans that you're listening, like this whole concept of like, we're the only New York team. You guys are less New York than anything I know. You're more Canada. 
Buffalo Bills, come on, Bills Mafia, what a joke. You didn't hear shit from them for 20 years. These bandwagon fans hate them. They well, I agree. I, can't, like, I hope, I, I, now I'm fully like Chargers, get in the playoffs, go to Buffalo, Chiefs get the one seed, Chargers sneak in at seven, go to Buffalo and Justin beats them. I just want to shut them. They stink this. They're not that good. Yeah, I hate when you're like, oh, New York sports. This. They're like, you can't forget New York sports without Buffalo. I'm like, you're Niagara Falls. Like, you're nowhere you're even, near New York. There's nothing. Has anybody been to that place? There's nothing close. There's nothing New York about Buffalo. There's nothing even remotely close. It's such a joke. What a what a silly conversation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll send Staten Island along with. But I'm not a big Staten Island guy, so I'll send. I like actually like. Them. I actually like Staten Island. I think it's All gritty. Right. I think Staten Island kind of represents like what New York really is. I'm yeah. down with Staten Island. All right, so we'll keep Staten Island and we'll get rid of Buffalo. I'm fine. Yeah, with Buffalo's that. Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, their fan base. They stink. Uh, they stink. I went to those. Ga- I went to Toronto when the Jets played them on a. I don't know, Thursday night, I think years ago. That fan base is bandwagon is again. There's some real ones. There's some real ones. I respect that. But like these youngsters, they stink. They did they couldn't name they couldn't name they, they they wouldn't know who you know Lawson was if he walked in the room and all of a sudden they're bandwagon. They stink. Yeah, I agree. Uh you you released a it was an emotional video. Got me a little uh cutting onions about your uh, mother and, and knitting the jersey. That was really cool. Uh, how important is that to you to own this team one day? Is that like something you have written on your like on the wall? Like what what's what's the importance of that to you? It's just been a childhood dream. I think I kind of started baking it in third or fourth grade, if I recall properly. Really, the chase of it is my dream more than anything. Like I really like trying. You know, I'll be very fond. Like <laughs> if Twitter's around or whatever the Twitter of the day is, when somebody else buys it in 19 years, everyone's gonna make their comments, and I'm I'll be incredibly happy for that person because they've clearly achieved something they've wanted to. I really want to. I think I'm going to. I feel like I've got the capabilities of, to get to pull it off. Um, but you know, I obviously there's so much that goes into it working out. Um, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, I really, I'm very close to my family, immigrant family who came from nothing. Like, I think a lot about that. For the people that don't know, like my mom knitted me a, I wanted a Freeman McNeil jersey when I was seven because um, some of my friends had jerseys in the neighborhood. I love Freeman. That was my first season, 82. He went off. As some Jet fans remember that Bengals game. I'll never forget. Um, and then uh, we just couldn't afford it. That was just not in the cards. We didn't live like that. A $30 jersey or $20 jersey was just not real um for our family at that point and so my mom knitted me a sweater and it's my prized possession and you know the number five was on it that's why i always throw up for people who have seen me on social media the five number it's just kind of a head nod to like how much admiration i have for my mom and my family and you know i really would love to pull it off but you know the thrill of the hunt i would say is what drives me um i will try like hell to pull it off and if it doesn't happen as long as I left it on the field, I'll be okay. Man, I wish you'd do one day, and I wish you had the capabilities to do what the baseball and Steve Cohen's doing. Because as a diehard Mets fan, you're obsessed with Steve. Like, what do you as think? Why did this go down? Buying every player in sight. You know, it's funny. I I grew up a Yankees fan. I grew up in Jer- like I said, I came from the Soviet Union. I grew up in Jersey when I really started picking my teams. Besides the Rangers, I picked them a little earlier, and um. 
so I grew up a Jets Yankees guy and it was really tough because the eighties, the Mets were really good. 86, 88. And the Yankees sucked the Perez brothers, the Negro, like it, it was really rough out there. Um, and then obviously the Yankees got good. They won in 96. I'm a little bit weird. The Rangers won in 94, the Yanks won in 96. And I kind of stopped going hard on it. I'm basically down to Jets and Knicks though. I've gotten much more back into the Rangers. Um, but with the Yankees, my little guy, he had cousins six months and six months older and younger that I knew were going to be a Mets fan. So I've raised him a Mets fan. And so I'm just happy for Mets Nation. So obviously, as you can imagine, I'm sure this will make sense to everybody listening. So many of my Jet diehard friends are Mets fans. And, you know, I, you know, I'm really happy. Like ownership matters and baseball probably the most, in my opinion, given that there is no cap. And if you're willing to pay the tax and, you know, I think um, there's just a lot of, you know, exciting times ahead in City Field. I, you know, they're going to have to still figure out pitching. It's still risky and a little bit older, so they could be vulnerable there. But that lineup's going to be really exciting. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Let's close it out, Gary V, with a motivational message to Jets fans who are feeling down today. Why should we be motivated? What's the Gary V message after the loss of the Jags? Well, if you read me in my Jets thread last night, there was no motivation. I basically declared every good thing bad. But the now that I'm in a calmer place, I think you have to be completely football dumb to not understand what you saw from Elijah Vera Tucker, what you saw from Brees. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm even still praying for – I mean, I still can't unsee Becton's rookie year. I know it's been bad, but, like, I have a weird feeling it might not have to be, you know? Like, it might not have to be. So there's still a long shot prayer there. I know back-to-back season enders is tough to come back from, but you got that in mind. I don't have to say anything to anybody listening here about Sauce and Garrett, right? I mean, that's just profound in this NFL to get a quarterback in a corner and, and with that skill set. You know, and, you know, Quinnen is like, I just, and by the way, I don't know if everybody remembers, but two games into Quinnen's second year, Go read Chet's Twitter. You know, he started to wake up against the Niners, which I think was the third game that year. But like, go go look at that. Go look at 19 games into Quinnen's career, or 18 games, because I think they played 16 that rookie year. Like, you know, Quinnen's all world. We know that. I don't know if people realize how young DJ Reed is. Some people may know my brother, AJ, reps him. So obviously I do know. <laughs> He's still very young. He's clearly a player. Our cap situation, Joe D has done a good job with the contracts. I think we're going to have some flexibility here. So there's just, you know, Zonovan, you know, I still think Michael Carter's, you know, we got hurt this year, brother. Like we just got hurt, right? Like, so I think the GM has also showed that whether UDFA or on waiver wires, look at all the pieces we were able to add like nasty Nate on the offensive line, right? Like JFM to remind everybody. Um, we've just been able to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade, you know, with with those little shifty moves. Uh, Quincy, Quan. So like you, you see, like there's a lot to be excited about. It just, nobody wants to hear that shit this morning. You know, everybody- yeah, The big you know, picture who, there is, there is, there is. There is, but we were, we were seven and four and- I don't think anybody listening to this could have seen a scenario where the Miami game wasn't going to matter. And the fact that it's not, me and AJ always said forever, 
for 20 years. Just make every game count. We love them so much. Just make every game count. If you can make every game count, then that's cool, right? I think back to, obviously we all remember losing at Buffalo, but I even think back to when the Sanchez, Santonio Holmes era kind of, you know, was starting to windle down. There was even that Dolphins game that we lost the last game of the year when the math wasn't good, right? It was like a 4% chance. And I think I think we can all recall that if we'd won, we still wouldn't be in, but it was fun to at least have that game matter, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, this season, as it was transpiring, I was getting so excited. I'm like, oh my God, it's first time in seven years that it, they're all gonna matter. So I think that's why last night hurt and this last month hurt so much, right? Like you just didn't, you didn't, you know, I remember looking at it, I was like, okay, you know, Minnesota, Buffalo, you know, Lions, Jags. I'm like, okay. And I was realistic about it. I could see there was a lot of injury. Like you could, I think every Jets fan could see it, but you kind of were like, you know what? Just go two and two, right? If you lose to the quote unquote good teams, the first two, fine, come back and win these two games in a four day period. But we played, we played well in the second, like very well in the second half against Minnesota. We played incredibly well on defense in the first half against Buffalo. You know, we're a Michael Carter fumble away from like, who knows how that game plays out, right? And so I think that it's just so hard to to feel like we're here. And the way the schedule played out, right? Like you play the Jags and Lions in October. You just wonder how different those games would have been. And so it's um it's incredibly disappointing. But I think you I think most Jets fans who are real fans, and I assume if they're listening to this podcast, they're real fucking fans. Um, I think have a very clear picture of what's happening. And God forbid, God, which means God willing, God forbid we go two for three in these first three picks in this draft. And I actually think I'm going to make a fun prediction. I have no knowledge for, for just for everybody's sake, but I can even see this team trading either their first or second round pick for a high impact player. Cause I know you got to know that you're close, you know, you got to know that you're close to having a nice team here. And so Everybody knows we've got to figure out the QB position. Who the hell knows what they're going to do there? But I know that they're going to work hard to figure it out. Back to my 10-year contract for those two. Um, so that's where I'm at, bro. All right. Well, I agree. Big picture. Unfortunately, today is not the big picture, but we had to get a little big picture positivity uh, because there I don't are know how things. positive that was. But like, it was fairly positive. Listen, they were I mean, the fifth right tackle this year, Gary. Like you can't brother, when the I offensive watched. line is that important. I it's, watched. It's, I mean, I Cedric Ogbuehi was starting games. When you talk about picking up on the scrap heap, he's one of well, those guys. I know, and with Cedric, that's what I mean. That's what has me optimistic. Like, let's keep stability here. You know, like I can't see a scenario where the owner freaks out if we lose six in a row. But who the hell knows? Like, I just know that we're not far. And things like Cedric are the things that Zonovan was a free agent, UDFA, right? Like, you know, Michael, the two Michael Carters, what is that, fourth and fifth round? Like the like Clemens, fifth round. Like, this is like there's something here right now. And so, I mean, we think about how what I just talked about, and I didn't even mention Jermaine, who, by the way, because all the rookies are so out of their mind, like Jermaine has had a productive rookie season for that position. Like we've seen way worse from, you know, Thomas. We've seen way worse from Golston. We've seen way worse from a lot of picks that we've had. And so, you know, I think, I think there's a lot here. And so there's a lot to be realistic about. I don't even find it as optimistic. I think when you have this many players that are this good, 
in the first three years of their contract, you know, we just need to, um, we need to, just, we need to have one more off season like we just had. Get us one more off season where two of the three first three picks in next year's draft crush and contribute right away, and and let's have a big free agency. And I mean, we didn't even see Jeremy, our tight end, like you know, had a red shirt year. Who you know, we've you know, Tony Gonzalez. I don't know if you watched the Thursday night podcast. Like I don't know if you watched last night, but I was pumped that he referenced it. He was in deep trouble his second year as a football player. He had led the league in drops. He was getting booed all over Arrowhead. So like for me, like I love Jeremy's game out of Ohio State. I still think that's a contributor. So, you know, a lot to be hopeful for. Uh, yeah. By the way, I have just final thought, back to more optimism. I don't know if people really follow football like that, but I think we saw the cliche wide receiver second year hump that Brandon Ayuk had to go through and obviously bounce back and, I think Elijah could be a massive contributor next year. I really genuinely believe that. And so a lot of things could go well. You got to stay healthy. You'd like to think since we got so banged up this year, we could have a decent year with that next year. And so we'll uh, keep building. Brighter days are ahead in D. Gary V. Follow him on social media at Gary V. Vayner Sports, Vayner Media, V Friends, Wine Text. I poured a glass of wine, not going to lie, a glass, a glass of Pinot Grigio for me after uh, the second drive of the third quarter. I, I waited too long. I should have poured one in the first <laughs> half. But, Gary, we appreciate you coming on Gangs All Here and hope to uh, link up with you next year at a game. And hopefully the weather's a little bit better than uh, was Thursday in Jacksonville. And hopefully uh, the Jets are a bit better. Appreciate you coming on and happy holidays and happy new year. Thank you, brother. Happy holidays.